The Chicago Bears have a whole lot of competitions going on right now at training camp. And now with at least a few practices in the books, we have a better sense of where exactly this depth chart sits at a few key positions. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. On the show today, we catch up on the latest developments coming out of Bears training camp, getting a better sense of who's rotating in with the first team versus the second team, some third team guys there at some of these key positions. There's been a lot of buzz about Kyler Gordon rotating in and out of the nickel and outside with the starting cornerback group. We'll talk about what the plan seems to be there for now. We'll get into the wide receiver group. We kind of knew what the top looked like, but the middle and the bottom starting to shake out a little bit more, or at least have a better sense of where players stand right now. Plus, those guys involved in the punt and kickoff return rotations we'll have to touch on. Linebacker as well with Roquan Smith missing in action, how they're feeling in that spot. And now at least uh, an injury on the offensive line and getting a better sense of some of the backups on the interior with all these young draft picks this season on day three of the draft. We're kind of finding out a little bit more beyond just the offensive tackle competition. And now, of course, the, the right guard being more solidified with, with Michael Schofield in the building as a free agent. Riley Reef in at left tackle as well. But I, I saw a lot of back and forth about Kyler Gordon at cornerback in particular. We knew, you know, with him being the Bears' first pick in this draft in the second round, that he and Jaquan Brisker will be relied on as day one starters for this team. And once they drafted Kyler Gordon, defensive coordinator Alan Williams said at the time, you know, they just wanted to stick Kyler Gordon on the outside at cornerback, let him learn that outside spot first and foremost, and then down the line, they could explore the possibility of moving him around a little bit and cross-training him across multiple positions. But the thought process straight from the coaching staff right away was, we're going to put him on outside, get, let him really learn that spot, and then figure it out from there. Well, evidently, they've reached the figure it out from there stage of, of the process. Not that Kyler Gordon has somehow already mastered the outside cornerback position in Matt Eberflus's defense, but they've opened the doors a little bit to trying him out in that nickel cornerback spot and rotating him around between the two. And there was some concern, I think, among Bears fans feeling like, oh, we didn't draft this guy in the second round to be our nickel cornerback. You know, we wanted this team to get that true starting outside cornerback opposite of Jalen Johnson. And I certainly don't think it's the case that the Bears want Kyler Gordon to play nickel full-time or anything like that. But they do want to see what his skill set is in that spot, how quickly he might be able to pick up both at the same time, or if he does need to focus more purely on the individual outside position. As it was going through these first two-ish days of Bears training camp practices, which have not had pads on, full pads on, up to this point, 
what they would do is in the base defense or you know in the yeah in their base defense it would be Tyler Gordon and Jalen Johnson your two outside cornerbacks because you only had two cornerbacks on the field when they would go into the nickel and bring cornerback three onto the field that's when Kyler Gordon would move into the slot and they would bring Kendall Vildor in uh, as the outside cornerback opposite Jalen Johnson. That's not to say that's how they handled it on every single snap. As with all of these positions, there is a lot of different rotating and getting different guys, different opportunities in different positions. But that's sort of the point of today's episode, right? Is getting a sense of where they are giving and which guys they're giving those opportunities to in what spots. Uh, Thomas Graham Jr. was not practicing. We, as of the time I'm recording this podcast, have not heard specifically as to why he was not seen or noticed at practice up to this point. So we don't have, I don't at this time as I'm recording, have an explanation for that. The news kind of moves quickly during training camp. And so maybe by the time that you're hearing this, we'll have more of a concrete explanation there. I'm not overly concerned, but perhaps his absence spurred some of the opportunity then for Kyler Gordon to get an extended look in the slot. Because throughout the offseason up to this point, the slot had been Tavon Young, who they signed as a free agent this offseason from the Baltimore Ravens, and then Thomas Graham rotating with him and competing for that top nickel cornerback spot. Instead, this time, Young did rotate in and was still kind of the go-to inside cornerback that wasn't Kyler Gordon. He, he was you know playing a lot with the twos, especially when Gordon was taking the one slot snaps. But they didn't have maybe the other guy in that rotation that they would want to give those Thomas Graham snaps too. Because like, you know, Duke Shelley was rotating into the second team with, you know, and Vildor was on the outside a lot. We saw Greg Stroman and Lamar Jackson get some second team reps at cornerback as well, playing some third team in there with uh, Bo Pete Keys. So they're, they're getting a lot of different guys involved at cornerback. And I think there is some value to getting Gordon some of those opportunities now when he's allowed to make mistakes and the mistakes don't matter if he messes up a play. It's, it's a training camp rep. Who cares? As long as they're careful to not put too much on a rookie cornerback. You don't want to ask him to do too much and detract from his learning and development as an outside cornerback just because you really want to try him as that inside slot cornerback. Because there's some value to where, you know, say Kyler Gordon is on the outside and it's man-to-man coverage and his outside receiver goes in motion to the slot. If he's a little more trained in that slot role, he could follow that receiver in the motion instead of having to pass it off and exchange coverage responsibilities right before the snap. You know, he could be not that you would necessarily put him shadowing a receiver all over the field all game, but just give you some more options coverage wise to let him move around if receivers go in motion and still be primarily that outside cornerback. So as long as you're not putting too much on his plate to the point where you're detracting from his ability outside, I think there's otherwise no harm and only room for potential benefit to have Gordon work some as that nickel inside slot cornerback. There's also concern about, well, do we want Kendall Vildor to be getting extended snaps? No. You know, I think ideally you put your best cornerbacks on the field and win healthy. I think on paper, your best cornerbacks are Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, and Tavon Young as that slot cornerback. Thomas Graham is in that discussion and Kendall Vildor is still developing and improving as a player as well and can get better and get to that point where maybe he could be one of the guys that you want to have on the field. But as of now, he's not. And so the more the more Gordon Young Johnson snaps that you could get, I think ultimately the better, but I have no problem with giving Gordon some of those slot opportunities as well. So there's a nice little clarity on, on how things are going so far, rotating in and around the cornerback position, but we got a better sense of 
who the real players are going to be at wide receiver for now, plus kickoff and punt return, interior offensive line linebacker, and so much more coming up next on Locked on Bears. Football season is right around the corner, and our friends at betonline.net are going to be the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can put some money down on the Chicago Bears, their win total for this season, their odds to make the playoffs, some individual stat lines for Bears players on you know the receiving yards for Darnell Mooney or the rushing yards for David Montgomery or passing yards for Justin Fields, you name it. Bet Online has something for everyone, not just football fans. It's the number one online source for odds, lines, and games from every sport, every league. Major League Baseball season in the thick of things. Looking ahead to basketball and hockey. You got golf tournaments, tennis, soccer, boxing, UFC, MMA fights, esports, so much more. Bet Online is your top resource for all the wagering information, live in game betting scores. They've got you covered. Head on over to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. From the start, we knew what the very top of the Bears wide receiver depth chart was going to be, but we know from there it's a pretty wide open opportunity for a full, you know, five, six, seven guys that could all try and emerge as legitimate options for this Bears offense and a lot of them going to be rotating in and and getting different snaps to where right now two practices in we certainly can't pick any real major favorites but we are seeing who are getting the first opportunities and the first extended opportunities that plenty of time for things to change and for some of the players not getting as much of a look to get more of a look but for now it's taking a little bit more shape than the otherwise completely up in the air blob we were working with entering Bears training camp. So, of course, Darnell Mooney, number one wide receiver, pretty locked in. Byron Pringle pretty clearly already looking like your number two. I mean, that's that, that's kind of what we were expecting, and this is more or less confirming that, yeah, they're going to him as that other top option at this point. Then from there, throughout the offseason, we've been kind of penciling in Valus Jones Jr., the rookie, as probably your number three receiver, and then a, a whole mess of players competing for number four with you know, Nikhil Harry, Equinemius St. Brown, maybe Daz Newsome, Dante Pettis, da- David Moore. You know, the f- few different options in there. Chase Sharp as well, though he's on the non-football injury list, so he's not participating in practice just yet. But as things have gone through the first couple of days, it feels like there's there has been maybe a little bit of separation of, of some wide receivers in the opportunities that the team is getting them. Not necessarily that they're playing like the best, but that... The coaching staff is saying, no, we want to see more of these guys first. So we've seen already uh, Equinemius St. Brown has rotated in with the first team and get, catching passes from Justin Fields. Nikhil Harry also rotating in there. And, and Valus Jones has done a lot of first team reps. So like I would say right now, your depth chart is Mooney, Pringle, Jones, one, two, three. And then Nikhil Harry is probably number four because a lot of the second team wide receiver reps have been Valus Jones and Nikhil Harry. So if you think of like, Mooney and Pringle as your two first-team receivers. Then it's kind of Jones and Harry as your two second-team receivers. But, of course, like Equinemius St. Brown, like I mentioned, was getting first-team and second-team reps. I mean, a lot of these guys, Dante Pettis was getting reps. Uh, Daz Newsom was getting reps. These guys do rotate frequently between the teams and the quarterbacks. You know, Nathan Peterman and, and Trevor Simeon are throwing passes to these guys, too, in addition to Justin Fields. But obviously the reps with Justin Fields are going to be the ones that that matter quite a bit the most, especially after last offseason, him not getting to practice with the starting receivers for 
any really of training camp and not getting those true opportunities. That's why it's important to eventually and, and sooner rather than later narrow this down a little bit more. Like we know Fields has built great chemistry with Mooney throughout this offseason. He's been trying to get that going with, with Pringle, but he's a newcomer, so that's going to take some time. Same with Bayless Jones, right? We seem to, we see our, our suspicions seem to be correct on, on those three guys seeming to be about at, at the top of the depth chart. So then from there, it's less important that Fields gets maximum time with his number four and five and six wide receivers, but still, the, the, the more you can hammer that out, the better. Seems like they're giving the trade target, Nikhil Harry, as many opportunities as he can to show what he can do and, and prove uh, live up a little bit more to that draft stock and show the Bears' faith in him to be wise in, in trading for him. And Equinemius St. Brown is, a, is comes from Luke Getze's offense, so there's an expectation, I think, that he's going to make the team and be some level of contributor somewhere on this roster. And then that leaves, you know, the Dante Pettis's, the Daz Newsom's and the David Moore's of the world that feel like about another tier down. You know, that that's kind of where I, how I'd separate it right now is in those kind of tiers. Like Mooney Pringle Jones, the top, then Nikhil Harry, Equinemius St. Brown, and maybe Jones is sort of hovering between those two tiers. And then there's another tier down of like Pettis, Newsom, Moore, and Tajay Sharp's injured at this point, Chris Finke in there as well. None of that's permanent or locked in at this point, but it's just sort of the, the early stages. That's how it seems to be shaping out. And I think more often than not, it tends to, the coaching staff tends to have a pretty good idea at the beginning of training camp, how things are going to play out. There's, there's always room for surprises, but for the most part, I would bet things progress that way a little bit more. I will say for, for Dante Pettis, he's one of the guys that has been getting punt return opportunities. So they're looking at other ways that he might be able to impact this roster, but the other punt return rotation they had right now, Eddie Jackson has been a go-to punt return guy for them, along with Bayless Jones. I would guess when the regular season comes around, it's going to be one of those two guys, barring some sort of trade or other outside addition of a punt returner. Jackson and Bayless Jones have been kind of the two main names there, then with Dante Pettis and then the other wide receiver, Chris Fink from the, the Chiefs, who they brought in this offseason. But Jackson and Jones seem to be the case there. And then on kickoffs, it's been Bayless Jones, Byron Pringle, and Khalil Herbert, primarily as, again, I think probably one of those three are going to be your kickoff return guys. They've, they've been getting a lot of the reps at practice. The rookie running back, Treston Ebner, also has been doing some kickoff returns uh, out of Baylor, the six-round pick there. And then um, Simba Webster, who they brought in last offseason to be a potential return guy, I think from the Denver Broncos. He all has also done some kickoff returns, but I'm not anticipating that he necessarily has a clear path to the 53-man roster right now. So punt returner looks like Jackson or Jones, kickoff return, Jones, Pringle, Herbert, some combination of the group, all ready and willing to do those kickoff return and punt return duties, in addition to what they're doing offensively or, in Eddie Jackson's case, defensively. But at least for, for a guy like Pettis or Finky or, we or Ebner or Webster, that special teams value can go a long way toward them fighting for a roster spot, but I don't know that it's going to be enough to purely save their roster spot if they can't find more opportunities to contribute on offense. Don't want to completely ignore, you know, the other guys on defense or some of the other guys on the offensive line that we haven't talked about either. We'll get at the current replacement plan for Roquan Smith, the temporary replacement plan for Roquan Smith, plus uh, a replacement plan on the interior of the offensive line with Lucas Patrick having an um, injury at practice and getting more of a sense of who the guards and back backup interior guys are going to be with, with Sam Mustafer stuck at one spot next on Locked on Bears. 
we've talked on this podcast about how the linebacker depth right now in Chicago is lacking in a lot of in-game proven experience. And I wondered if perhaps the Roquan Smith hold out slash hold in slash now physically unable to perform list that they insist is a real injury that he's dealing with, but also seems to be a very convenient way to excuse his lack of practicing. It didn't, there, there wasn't an obvious path to where exactly this linebacker depth chart would play out from there. We know Nick Morrow is going to be the middle linebacker, Roquan Smith, weak side linebacker. I suspected that Joe Thomas would be the strong side linebacker in base defense, given that he brings the most starting experience of any of the backups on this roster, was started for the Packers for a few years, and I think with the Texans a little bit in there as well, and the Cowboys for a couple of seasons. But replacing Roquan Smith in the defense has been Matthew Adams, the linebacker who came over from the Indianapolis Colts, which makes, I mean, it makes a lot of sense on the surface right away when you think like, yes, he's been with Matt Eberflus for a couple of seasons, but he was not a guy that played a lot on defense for the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, he was primarily a special teams linebacker for them. In 2021, this past season, he was on the field for defense for two snaps across a total of two games. Played one snap in one game and one snap in another game. And I think one of those snaps might have been a fake punt. So I think it was might have only been one true, real defensive snap that he played last season. So that's why I, I wasn't ready to just pencil in Matthew Adams as you know, immediate go-to option as the other starter or whatever, especially because he also got arrested this offseason. And I do wonder if, I don't know that it sends, it doesn't send a specific message, but I'm a little bit surprised, I guess, that the team that's talking a lot about, you know, culture and discipline and being responsible and all that stuff, doesn't, not that they're rewarding Matthew Adams by making him the starter in Roquan Smith's place, but it almost feels that way. It's like, hey, you got arrested, but who cares getting the starting lineup? Like, well, I mean, they said they were disappointed and upset about it, but it, it's not a huge deal. It's a minor arrest. It wasn't even like he was, you know, putting anyone else in direct harm or anything. I mean, we don't have to get into the, the nuances of all that. It just was interesting that Adams was was the one who goes in for Roquan at that weak side linebacker spot. Joe Thomas was playing then the strong side linebacker spot in base defense. So that more tracks with, with some of what I was thinking. When they had three linebackers on the field, it was Morrow in the middle, with Joe Thomas and Matthew Adams next to him. They were rotating, you know, Jack Sanborn in with the backups. The undrafted free agent was was in there. And I think I saw Noah Dawkins, one of the free agent linebackers, brought in this offseason. Didn't see much of, of Caleb Johnson and from what I was seeing uh, out there, but it's a rotation with all these positions. But it seems like there's more faith in in Matthew Adams in particular as a potential defensive player than I than I might have suspected going into camp. You know, looking through his career. In 2018, he was the he was a seventh round pick by the Colts. Ended up playing about 200 snaps on defense that year. You know, mostly in in base defense rushing situations. 2019 played about 100 snaps. Didn't play any snaps at all in 2020, and two snaps in 2021. So it wasn't like he was a guy that Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis was going to and saying, "You're my guy. I've got faith in you. Let's get you out on the field." Right? They always had and went to and looked for better options at linebacker on defense. He was a good special teams player for them, and sure, there, there's value there to bring him with it to Chicago, but not the guy I would have expected immediately to get expend, extended linebacker snaps, and I still wonder if they might look to bring in some kind of other veteran with some experience there, just for depth, not because you're concerned about Roquan or Nick Morrow, but just if there's an injury, do we want to rely on Matthew Adams as a 
as a as filling in for Roquan Smith would be a drastic drop off there. I mean, it'd be a big drop off for most players, but especially going from Roquan Smith to guy who barely has ever played defense in the NFL, you'd like to have a backup that maybe has played more defense in the NFL. That's that's the bigger issue there. But the Bears don't seem to have any qualms with going for much bigger opportunities for younger or inexperienced players. We're seeing that now on the offensive line as well, not just the starting lineup competitions that we talked about on yesterday's podcast, but with some of the other guys. So at practice on Thursday, the center, Lucas Patrick, left with an injury. He was walking fine under his own power. Didn't look to be a major thing. Again, at the time that I'm recording this, we haven't heard specifics about what that injury situation might be with Lucas Patrick. Who knows? It could turn out to be something bigger or it could not. But Lucas Patrick leaves. In comes Doug Kramer, the rookie six-round pick out of Illinois, the center that they just drafted this year. He fills in the starting lineup at center. And then they left Sam Mustafer at right guard because Michael Schofield, the free agent, still is getting up to speed and, and, you know, getting all set for training camp and all that stuff. So he's not really participating at any sort of full capacity. So it makes sense that you keep Mustafer at right guard because he's still competing in that spot. But then when they went to the second team, we kind of thought that Mustafer could still be the Bears' backup center if he's not their backup right, if he's not their starting right guard. But when they went to the second team, Mustafer stayed at guard and... Dieter Iselin, the former undrafted free agent from a couple of years ago out of Yale, who's been around, been a practice squad guy the last two seasons in Chicago, he got the next reps at center. So your center depth chart was Lucas Patrick, Doug Kramer, Dieter Iselin. They're having Sam Mustafer exclusively play right guard. They really seem to want to get him locked into that position for now, at least. Perhaps thinking, well, he knows center, so he doesn't need to jump over to center, and we can give those center reps to other younger centers that haven't played as many NFL snaps as Sam Mustafer. So I do I do understand that. But even the right guard thing, with Mike Schofield still getting back up to speed, the Bears were giving Jatire Carter, the seventh-round pick, some first-team reps ahead of Sam Mustafer at right guard. Seventh-round pick out of Southern University, super small school, played a lot of offensive tackle there, but projects inside to guard. And like the first snap was him at right guard. He then had a false start. They took him out. They put Sam Mustafer back in at right guard. But, like, the fact that they're giving the seventh-round rookie first-team reps at right guard with Michael Schofield out says a lot about Jatire Carter. I'm not here to, to continue to dump on Sam Mustafer the way many Bears fans have, and I think largely justifiably so. But I don't need to—I mean, we don't need to hammer that home anymore. We all have—we all watched Sam Mustafer last season and can form our opinions on how he performed at that time. But— with Schofield still out, I like the idea of getting all of these rookies, you know, Doug Kramer, Jeter Carter, Braxton Jones, give them first team reps, let them go against the big boys on the other side, see how they can handle it at this point, knowing that you have a veteran at tackle, at guard and at center that will be assuming those roles week one, as long as they're healthy and you'll feel a lot more, you know, solidified there, but give the young guys some reps, see what they can do. And I think a big boost for Jeter Carter's odds and, and probabilities to to make the 53-man roster. Still think he's probably going to be a practice squad guy. Same with Zachary Thomas. Honestly, Doug Kramer may still be a practice squad guy as well, but the more reps, the more chance they have to show that they belong on this 53. We'll definitely keep close tabs on all of the different offensive line combinations, how they want to mix and match these players throughout training camp, not only at those positions, but you know we went through linebacker, wide receiver, cornerback, special teams as well. 
all your training camp updates are right here on the Locked On Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making the Locked On Bears podcast your first listen each and every day. The Locked On Podcast Network is your team every day. We got Locked On Bulls, Locked On Cubs, got a new squad rolling through there, doing a great job getting things going during the thick of baseball season. Locked On Blackhawks, Locked On White Sox, so much more right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So when you're done with this podcast, check out some of our other Locked On sports. Come back on Monday for more Locked On Bears, more training camp updates, and more opportunities to bear down.